Welcome everybody to the Nerd Pool Podcast, the podcast where we talk pop culture, pro wrestling, and everything else that's on my mind. So sit back, grab your snack, and listen in as I rant and rave about everything we know and love. What's up everybody and welcome to another episode of the Nerd Pool Podcast. As always, I am your host, the fat fool that loves Deadpool. Yes, it's me. Yes, it's me. It's a J-M-I-E. Your 47th favorite podcast host and as always, your Sherpa down the road of nerdiness. And today, we are finding no way home. Spider-Man No Way Home has hit theaters. Um, I didn't get to see it opening night. However, this is the biggest movie of the year so far. It is the third highest grossing opening weekend um, domestically uh, in, in history. It is just a monster of a, of a movie and a breadwinner. And while everybody expected this, I don't think anybody expected that these numbers could be pulled still in this day with the with the um, way the pandemic and COVID and everything is still going on, but it is nuts. So what I'm going to do is, first off, um, I'm going to give you my review of the movie, and then I'm going to get into spoilers. Now, I'm going to let you know before spoilers happen. I'm going to try to give you a review without spoilers before I jump into them, because we all know I love to spoil movies. I love to talk about the movies of what I've just seen, and this movie just has to be talked about, and the spoilers have to be said for this to be entertaining and for this to be fun, because I have to talk about this. But before we get into that, it has been almost two years, or maybe a little over two years, since I have been to a movie theater. Um, since COVID hit, I have not been, so I didn't get to go in 2020 uh, pretty much at all. I have not been in 2021. This is my first time back. Um, so as the multiverse has come in and the multiverse is changing the MCU, I was there to see it in a theater on the big screen. Uh, if you've seen through the through this past year between HBO Max, Disney, a lot of them have been releasing theater movies on their platform streaming day of to see uh, you know as kind of a way to drive not only streaming numbers but also just to kind of get the movie out there because a lot of them have been pushed back. This one is exclusively in theaters. You can't get this anywhere, you know, streaming legally. Yeah, I, I know some of you are pirating it, but anyway, so you have to go to theater again, and I'm glad I did because for the first time being back, there's a couple things I've noticed. First off, walking in, it's the smell of the theater. It's the smell of the popcorn. It's the, there's no other way to say it. It's the smell of the, 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 the funk that comes with a movie theater. And when I say funk, I mean because there's a lot of people there. So sometimes you get a little bit of body odor mixed in. It, it just happens. You got the candy that's probably been sitting out a little too long. Um, the theaters nowadays are selling, selling actual food, or some of them have bars and drinks. It's just, it's it's a feeling of walking in, there's people everywhere, it's bustling, it's bustling around, there's people talking, people leaving movies that are discussing the films that they just saw, people that are waiting anxiously, there's lines to get your drinks, you know, your popcorn and everything. Um, I've always loved going to the movies, you know, before COVID hit, I would go two times, a, at least two times a month to see a film, like that's, that's how it was, you know, if I got bored on the weekends, I went and saw a film, that's, that's what it was, I loved the theater. Um, that being said, there are certain certain things that I completely forgot about that uh, need to be addressed, and one of them is the biggest issue is people being disgusting. I don't mean the way they look, I don't mean the way that they smell or anything like that. Depending on what I say, I mean it's just people being dirty, uh, people leaving stuff everywhere, and I'm not just talking in the movie theaters. I'm talking in the lobby. Uh, when I went and saw Spider-Man, I was one of the last showings at the theater I went to, and, you know, as you walk out, you see the lobby is pretty much emptied, you have the employees that are that are cleaning up, getting ready to close, and I'm just noticing there's popcorn 
everywhere on the floor. People are just, it's spilt everywhere. It's thrown. It's not like somebody had a spill here or there. It's everywhere. There's just kernels and pieces everywhere. There's buckets laying there that are just tumbled over. There are empty drinks laying a foot from the garbage can. Like literally stick your arm out and drop it in the garbage can. It is insane. I don't understand why. I know people work there. I understand that their job are to clean up the theaters and the lobby. I understand what comes with all that. But uh, people, can we just not be dicks like that? I mean, there's no reason to have a full a bucket of popcorn sitting there a foot away from the garbage can and you just kick it over and leave it. There's no point leaving your drinks, your wrappers. Uh, if you're bringing in outside food or drinks, which we all do, let's just get a, you know get put it out there. We all tend to do it. There's no reason to take that wrapper and that bottle and stuff. Just leave it and throw it and just leave stickiness and dirtiness and filthiness. Guys, girls, everything in between. Why? What, what's the point of this? What's the point of, of doing this? You don't do this at your home. At least I hope you don't. So why is it because you go out, you automatically think you can do that? Is it because that you think that these people are getting paid to do it? You know these people working in theaters aren't getting paid a lot. And like they're not, they're they're having to sweep up your mess constantly. They're they're working hard, whether you want to believe it or not. It's not easy all the time doing what they're doing. But I digress. Uh, one of the th problems I did have one issue that came up um, in the theater I go to. You have to pick your seat, and I picked my seat. You know, I, I did it. The the room was pretty much sold out. I got the seat, and I had someone come and argue. You know, hey, you're sitting in my seat, and I pull out my ticket. No, I'm not. This is my seat. Well, then they go and get the usher. Usher comes, sir, or you're sitting in someone's seat. No, I'm not. Here's my ticket. Here's my receipt. And then I'm having to argue with somebody about my seat being my seat with my ticket saying my seat. And then the usher is telling the guy, this is not your seat. And come to find out the guy's in the wrong damn theater. He's in the wrong room. Like, read your ticket, man. Like, why are you bothering me? I'm trying to mentally prepare for a movie in a theater that I have not been to a theater in two years. I'm trying to mentally prepare here. And not just that, for Spider-Man. Spider-Man movies are big. Marvel movies are big. This is the first Marvel movie I've seen in theaters since Endgames. Okay, this is the first one I've seen since Endgames. And I'm ready. I'm, and this is going to be one of the biggest films. I know it. You feel it. You've seen the trailers. You know what's about to happen. And so, we get all that squared away. So, I'm sitting there. And then, the seats next to me, I always get stuck seems like next to the people who want to talk or don't know anything about the film. It's a, it's a nice young couple sits next to me. It's weirdly, the girl sits down first, then she stands up, she said, can you sit there? And I hear her say this. And he goes, he goes, why? She goes, what if he tries, what if he tries to hold my hand? And I literally look at her, dumbfounded, and I said, I'm not going to try to hold your hand, ma'am. Like, I don't want to hold your hand. Take your crusty hand, take your old chapstick having has hand, take your old need your nail done ass hand on somewhere. I didn't say that to her. I was trying to be polite. But I was like, what the hell? Are you serious? So he sits down, and this guy is annoying. He kicked his shoes off, and his feet stink. Sorry, dude, your feet stunk. Throw a blanket over, whatever y'all are doing. He's talking. He knows nothing about Marvel films. He's asking questions the whole time, and I'm trying to ignore him. I'm trying to ignore him, and then I told her, turned to him before the movie starts. I said, man, look, I said, I hope you enjoy the film. I said, but if you talk through this film, I'm going to beat your ass. And he looks at me, and I said, I'm just kidding, but not really. 
and he laughs. Man, didn't say nothing to the rest of the film. That's all I'm saying. I'm not a violent person, but I'm here to see this film. I'm here to enjoy this film. Now, let's jump into this film. Spider-Man No Way Home is probably the best you can do with Spider-Man. This is the best Spider-Man film. Tom Holland shines in this movie. This movie, from beginning to the end, has no lull. It, it isn't. It's paced beautifully. You get the setup. You get the build, you get redemption, you get uh, that redemption taken away, and then you get your surprises, which we'll get into. Now, the story of this is beautifully done. We pick up right after uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, when Mysterio has given uh, the world the knowledge and let them know that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. We see him and him having to deal with everyone knowing his true identity now, knowing he is Spider-Man. We see how it affects his aunt. We see how it affects Ned. We see how it affects MJ, who we find out is actually named Michelle Jones instead of Mary Jane. Um, there's little tweaks in and out of this through the Spider-Man lore that I was watching and going, I don't know about this, man. I don't know. Like, why are you changing it? But then I think it makes sense the way this movie is set up. Okay, so we'll, 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 we'll get into that again. Um, but as far as the movie goes, this movie is action-packed. It's dramatic. It has scenes that are going to make you cry. This is probably the perfect Spider-Man movie that is out right now. If you haven't seen this, I highly suggest you go see it. Um, if you haven't seen the previous Spider-Man movies, then you can still enjoy this film, but you're not going to get some of the references. You're not going to get as excited about some parts as you do. It is cool to see uh, the returning characters that you already know about from the trailers. Um, Alfred, Medina, uh, Alfred Molina coming back as Doc Ock. Um, Willem Dafoe coming back as the Green Goblin. Was masterful in the role again. Uh, Thomas Hayden Church coming back as uh, Flint. And Sandman was awesome. Jamie Foxx coming back. Like You have the heavy hitters from the previous Spider-Man franchise is coming back. Again, that's not a spoiler. That's in the trailer. You've seen that, so don't jump to me yet talking about spoilers. Every one of them play their part of being in a world where they don't know how they got there. They don't know what the world is. They don't know what's going on, but yet they feel something different or they feel more power. The best parts of that is the interactions between them. Uh, Doc Ock thinking you know, that uh, the Green Goblin... Norman Osborn is dead because in Spider-Man 2, when Doc Ock was there, Norman Osborn was killed in the previous one. Um, you have the fact that Jamie uh, Foxx's character, Electro, knows the who the lizard is. You have these interactions with these people as they go. Sandman tells Doc Ock, you know, you were killed too. Like, it's the interactions with this is very intriguing, very interesting. We see Doctor Strange as he casts the spell that's going to... Um, make the world forget that Spider-Man is Peter Parker as Peter is talking the entire time and uh, trying to like, you know, well, this person needs to remember and this person needs to remember and this person needs to remember. That's pretty much how the spell gets run. Again, that's not really that big of a spoiler. You all see that the spell gets messed up. That's just kind of how it happens. But the interactions between the, the past and the present uh, characters is fun. You know, the, the fact that Peter Parker doesn't know who these guys are. They all know his name, but he's not the Peter Parker they know. And even the Peter Parkers that they know aren't the Peter Parkers that the other ones know. 
it brings an intriguing fact into Spider-Man. It brings a fun fact aspect into Spider-Man, and the the just the nostalgia feeling of seeing these characters is great. Every one of them was cast really well. Willem Dafoe plays a perfect Green Goblin. Um, Molina, up until this point, was probably my favorite. Uh, Spider-Man villain when he played Doc Ock because he just embodied that character so well and he still does here. You have uh, the returning Marissa Tomei as Aunt May looking as gorgeous as ever. John Favreau returns as, as happy in this and you know you see the relationship still between him and Peter and uh, Aunt May who if you remember from Far Far From Home him and Aunt May were kind of having a, a thing. We see how that ends up turning out. The film is fun. This film is action-packed. It gives, um, it, it closes the bookends on certain parts of Spider-Man. It gives redemption for Spider-Man characters and Spider-Man actors. It lets you know where they're at, and it's uh, it's really very well done. And it's just it's so good to see. And I'm gonna have to see it again just to try to catch everything because there's so many little references to past films and references to other things. That it is, it is truly a fantastic film. It's one of Marvel's best, if not Marvel's best. It is definitely the best Spider-Man, and I really don't know how they're going to top it, um, simply because of all the the surprises, the turns that have happened that happened in this film. Speaking of which, it's time for spoilers. So if you don't want spoilers, turn it off now, okay? Because in three, two, one, I'm spoiling this whole thing. This. The surprises in this, we all knew what was coming. When they did say they were going to do the multiverse, we saw, you know, um, the the past villains. We knew what was coming, but they never let it on. Andrew Garfield did so much of, I wish I was in this film. I don't know why I'm not in this film. So much so that you actually started believing they might have left him out of the film. You know, they might not have invited him into it. But there's a point in it. When you're seeing Doctor Strange and Peter's fight scenes go, fight scene is going on after the spell is cast, and we see that you know all this multiverse has come. Doctor Strange basically sends Peter to go collect the guys, and he'll send them all home. Um, this is where we first meet Doc Ock on a bridge when he fights Spider-Man. This is where you first get a glimpse of, a glimpse of the Green Goblin. Uh, this is what leads us to Electro and and Sandman and all this. The when he's going to send them home, we see that Aunt May has actually taken um, and convinced Peter not to send them home because Norman, who was the Green Goblin, is hid. He's done, once again, where he's fighting that inner demon between himself and the Green Goblin. He has smashed the mask. He's gone, and he sees Aunt May's place. He goes in because he says it's connected to Spider-Man. Aunt May calls him, and we see Norman Osborn is there basically begging for help, and Aunt May is like, you've got to help these guys. We, you know, You can't send them back. You've got to help them. Doctor Strange says if it's their fate, it's their fate. We've got to basically bring balance back and, and send them back home. Peter stops, and we see in a montage of them fighting over the the box that this crystal and the spell is locked in that Doctor uh, Strange needs to send them home. We get to go to the mirror world again, which if you saw Doctor Strange, is just, it's, it's, it's like Inception. It's beautiful the way it's done. It's... There's so much trippy stuff going on, and we see them arguing and battling, and we see Doctor Strange actually get stuck in the 
Mirrorverse as Spider-Man figures it out, how to stop him, takes his ring to where he can't really summon himself, basically to try to give himself time to figure this out. The ring ends up going on Ned. Ned puts the ring on, which we later find out. Ned says he has power, so he can actually kind of, you know, resume these portals that are leading into it. So that's what I'm going to say that plays into this is Peter goes and he tells him, you know, I can help you guys. I can save you guys. They all agree because the only other way is them dying because every one of them has died at the hands of Spider-Man in one way or another. Um, they all go back to Happy's place where Peter and his aunt are staying as Peter is trying to figure out ways to help them. He figures out Doc Ock's chip in the back that's supposed to control the arms and let him be in control was fried. So the arms are the ones that's actually causing him to be evil. They're the ones that are controlling him. He recreates the computer chip, puts it on. Doc Ock, basically, Octavius has become a good guy again. He's he's in control of himself. He's not, you know, um, being wanting to be a villain. What we find out eventually in all this is Norman Osborn was taken over again by the Green Goblin, and the Green Goblin's whole plan was to, we need to get all these guys together. Basically, he tells them, gods have no worries, you know, and, and he leads them all towards basically going on their own and be, trying to take over the city, take over the world, you know, just cause chaos. So, as we go forward, um, and they're trying to figure it out, the box that contained the spell was given to Ned and uh, MJ by Peter, who said, you know, if I text you that things go awry, hit this, and it'll, it'll cure it off. Basically, a cure-all button that he's put. Well, as he, they're trying to find Peter, Ned summons a portal, and we see Spider-Man, who we know is Peter Parker, and they say, Peter, as he walks through, we see a familiar suit, but it's not Peter Parker of this world. It's Peter Parker from The Amazing Spider-Man. Andrew Garfield takes his mask off, and we see Andrew Garfield in the spider suit. Now, right then and there, the, the theater starts clapping, the theater starts cheering. Um, right then and there, you knew that Tobey Maguire was in this film. If one's in the film, the other's in the film. If they'd have led with Tobey Maguire, you'd have known that Andrew Garfield was in it. We just That's how this rolled. So when you see that, you know what's coming. But they don't know him. He doesn't look like Peter, so they don't understand it. You know, they have to improve himself. He hangs from the ceiling, and there's a funny part where Ned's grandma is like, hey, can you get the cobweb in the corner? And he crawls over. And then Ned, again, trying to find Peter, summons another portal, and we see Tobey Maguire walk through. He's not in spider suit, but it's Tobey Maguire as Peter Parker. And him and uh, Andrew Garfield kind of stare at each other. They shoot web at each other, flip, and they realize then that they're both a Peter Parker and Spider-Man. It is a very cool moment to see those two actors interact in the in those roles because you know we had the original trilogy then we had the uh two movies then we got went into this with marvel nobody ever thought that they were going to intertwine and we see them interact and we see how they are um andrew garfield he's someone watching it you can tell he's he's more mature than he was in his films and the you know the amazing spider-man but you can tell he's he's also a little hurt, like you can tell that something's wrong. Tobey Maguire has grown up. You can tell he's a mature Spider-Man. He's been doing this for years, and he knows how this is. He knows what it is. He keeps his suit off, you know, to try to um, keep his secret identity down. He even makes that reference. And then they ask if there's a place, you know, they've, they've been trying to look for their friend Peter. 
to basically figure out how to get home. They've been trying to find Peter Parker on this planet to figure out what's going on and what is, you know, what's the deal. Um, they find Peter after the villains have decided, all the, you know, decided they're going to be evil. They've attacked him, and a spot happens in this that I almost got really mad at. Okay, um, the the spot in this is after they all attack, you know. Aunt May's running from, you know, the Green Goblin, and we see a fight scene between Norman Osborn and Tom Holland Spider-Man that is just wicked cool because, you again, you've seen Tobey Maguire fight uh, Willem Dafoe as Spider-Man and the Green Goblin, but we haven't seen this. Green Goblin is looking more comic book-esque. He's got the green suit on, but not having the mask, he had a uh, purple uh, hoodie on that is now ripped, so he looks more like the comic book-accurate uh, Green Goblin in this, and I thought that was a really cool touch to add to it. Then there's the, um, but as they're fighting, Aunt May's running, and when they fall into it, Green Goblin has gotten the best of him, and Aunt May runs and hits him with a syringe of stuff that was supposed to basically take the Green Goblin away. It's supposed to get rid of that and make Norman Osborn back to just being Norman Osborn, and he tells her it doesn't work, and you see his glider come, and it hits Aunt May. And Aunt May falls down, and uh, Peter and him are fighting, and he ends up going away. And we see that Aunt May stands up, and they want to leave, and Aunt May falls. Aunt May does the whole line, with great power comes great responsibility. I was like, okay, kind of cheesy. You know, that was, a, that was a Ben Parker line, but okay, I get it. Ben's not here. Then we find out that this is the big thing. Aunt May dies, so Peter's didn't have we didn't see the uncle ben thing we saw aunt may die and that that's peter's big you know what do i do moment now again this almost upset me because i'm like are we really doing this like do we have to change this you know ben parker dying is the reason he became spider-man but then you think he's already spider-man and in this in this world because it's already happened on these other worlds in this world things are different so I was like, I accepted it. I accepted the fact that Aunt May's the one that dies, and that gives him his his moment of passing. As we've you know, as we've seen in all the other Spider-Mans, they've all had their tragic moments. Tobey Maguire was Ben Parker, his uncle passing, and the Amazing Spider-Man. It was the death of Gwen Stacy, and in this Aunt May dying, it's almost poetic to see that you know the another major character, and they changed it but kept it, and that to me. While again, I was like, are you serious? I was like, it works. It works in the aspect of this being a multiverse, being different things happen on different planets, different universes, and it worked. And it it was a catalyst that helped bring all the Spider-Mans, Spider-Man together. It helped them basically bond because when uh, Ned and MJ find him, he's beaten up, he's crying. I mean, Aunt May, the only person who's, who raised him is only real family is dead now and as the other spider-man are there you know he's basically like don't don't act like you you don't know what this is like because he doesn't know their story and then he finds out you know you see andrew garfield in a heartbreaking moment talk about how uh gwen stacy died he said that was my mj basically giving peter a reference to how he felt giving peter a reference to how much she meant to him and then you hear Tobey Maguire, you know, tell tell the story of Uncle Ben and the the feeling he had when he died and how he wanted to see the person that killed him die and and how he almost got there. Basically, he's saying he's telling Peter like, I know you want to kill 
Norman right now. I know you want to kill the person who did this, but you can't do that. Doing that is not going to bring them back. Doing that is not going to bring you closure. Doing that can, if you do that, it can permanently change you, and that's not what Spider-Man is. You can't let you can't see yourself become a villain by doing this. That was a, that was a major point in this, and it's the first time we see all three of these characters interacting. We see that we hear their stories. We hear the gravitas of which they, the the pain that they felt. Every one of them have their own story, and I thought that was just a great moment. Cause I'm like, I understood in that moment. You understand why Aunt May dying had to happen. You know, it, why, why that they did it that way. Because now, Peter, in this world, Tom Holland Spider-Man knows pain. And they, they all have that aspect that brings them together. We all know the pain that Spider-Man feels is what drives them to be Spider-Man and to save save each other. Well, as they go, they, they're going to... They're going to help everybody. They decide, like, we've got to help them. So they're all going to a, you know, to a lab. They're making up the stuff to help each other. We see them interact. We see, you know, them finding out that Tobey Maguire is the only one that can shoot webs straight from his body. Which turns, apparently, like, Andrew Garfield just kind of gets obsessed with that. How does it happen? Why does it happen? You know, do you ever run out of webbing? And we have those little moments of them interacting, them laughing. Again, you see the, the maturity that came with the other Spider-Man. And you see this Spider-Man... Basically seeing this going, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one that goes through this. He's kind of growing in this aspect of being Spider-Man. The third act battle scene is one of the best in Marvel. I mean, it's just, it's everything you could have wanted from Spider-Man. You have all three Spider-Men working together to take on what is essentially the Sinister Six, even though it's not six of them. And the best part about this is that they're not a team right away. You know, the, they, they, they're fighting together, but because they're so used to being alone, the other two Spider-Men never had anybody. So now when they're fighting together, they're making mistakes. They're webbing each other. They're running into each other. They're crossing paths, causing villains to slice uh, webbing. Like, it's, it's cool to see that fact that they're like, we're not in sync. It's not like it was just bam, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, we're a team. And they get there, and, and uh, Tom Holland, Spider-Man, basically tells him, you know, we've got to work as a team. We've got to work as a team. And the other one said, well, we're not, we've never been a part of a team. And it's a funny moment where he goes, well, lucky for you, I was an Avenger. And they go, oh, that's cool. That's awesome. What's an Avenger? Are you in a band? Are, we, are you in a band here? That's awesome. Like, they don't know what the Avengers is. There's no Avengers on their planet. There's no Iron Man. There's no Hulk. There's no Thor. That wasn't a part of their world. You know, and we get those callbacks, and it's cool. We get to see the, the villains interact with their Spider-Man, and how the, they go, and the, the, the world that they live, and the way they talk to each other, the way they know each other. We get to see this the third act, and it was, it's just fantastic. Like, I can't even put into words, really, how well it was done, how, how the camera work was done, how the acting is done, how just the, the, the sheer volume of which the battle ensues and everybody has their place in this and it works so well we see them actually essentially save sandman you know turn him back to normal they turn uh, the lizard back to normal they turn doc ock ends up helping you know save uh, them from electro and electro's character development is great the the costume development looking more comic book oriented marvel did a great job of making these characters look comic book accurate or at least close enough to it to make you go that is just really cool 
and we see the final fight scene with Green Goblin and Tom Holland Spider-Man, and he is just wearing Willem Dafoe out. He's wearing the Green Goblin out. He's beating him. You see the rage in his eyes as he's just beating him and beating him. And you see uh, the other two Spider-Mans, as they look at each other, they're like, we, we've got to stop this. We know what he's going to do. And we see him as he beats him down. He picks up the glider, and he's going to stab the Goblin. He's going to stab Green Goblin. And he comes down, and you see hands stop him, and it's Tobey Maguire. And he's looking him in the eye, and Tom Holland's face is filled with rage. It's filled with anger. It's filled with, i got to kill him. This is, you know, he took, he took my family. I've got to kill him. And Tobey Maguire's looking at him, and you see in his eyes, not a word is said, but you see that look where he's like, you don't want to do this. This isn't going to change anything. This isn't going to help you. You don't want to do this. Peter, stop. And as Peter puts the glider down, Goblin stabs Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire falls. And then Andrew Garfield throws the antidote that's going to turn Norman Osborn back to Norman Osborn to Peter. Peter stabs him in the neck. Basically transforming him. Norman Osborn looks around. He's like, Peter, what did I do? What, you know, basically he's come back. That redemption of him going, what did I do? I did, you know, he always had that conflict in the original Spider-Mans. Of he, did, he wasn't that person. The Goblin was the one that was taking over. And he has that here. And to see him go, what did I do? You know, what, what have I done? And we see as Andrew's over, Andrew Garfield is over Tobey Maguire. And he's looking at him. He's like, are you okay? And Tobey's like, yeah, I've been stabbed before. Callbacks to the original ones when he's he was stabbed, and we even hear callbacks of Tobey Maguire when they're talking about villains they fought. Tobey Maguire saying he fought you know an alien symbiote. He's saying I fought an alien, a black alien goop, and then you know uh, Tom Holland's like I fought an alien, but he was in space and he was purple and he liked gems, and it was it's just it's callbacks to the past. Um, you hear Andrew Garfield talking about how he must be lame because he didn't he hasn't fought an alien he hasn't fought these villains you know he said he fought a guy uh, a Russian guy in a rhino suit which is the callback to you know again one of his films and as this is happening Doctor Strange has come back and the Green Goblin blew up the the box in the gym holding it so the multiverse is attacking like everybody who knows Peter Parker is Spider Man is coming to this universe because of the spell. When you look up in the sky, you see silhouettes of Scorpion. You see silhouettes of Rhino, uh, villains from his from Spider-Man that could come back, come come later, and it's just really cool. And then Peter tells him, you know, well, if this isn't going to work, if you can't stop it, what if we just make a spell where everybody forgets who Peter Parker is? Everybody, like they, they not that they don't know who Spider-Man is Peter Parker, but they just nobody remembers Peter Parker. And he says, if you do this, you know, nobody's going to remember you. I won't remember you. And he goes, and you can tell that at that moment, Peter, at that moment, Peter Parker, Tom Holland, Peter Parker realizes this is what has to be done. You know, that this is truly what being Spider-Man is, is giving up what you love to save the people you love. Strange tells him, you know, go say your goodbyes. He goes down. He sees the Spider-Man. They hug, you know, basically saying, I love you. And it's a cool moment again of seeing them together. All three Spider-Mans just together, you know, we'll probably never see that again. We might, but I, I, I doubt it. But just to see where they were at and the, those final moments was just a, it's a goosebump type feeling. And then you go and you get a heartbreaking moment of him, Ned, and MJ 
as he's telling them, you know, you're not going to remember me. Ned's his best friend. And he's like, I'm going to find you guys. I'm going to find you guys. And I'm going to make you remember me. And you see Ned and him do their handshake for the last time. And they're crying. And then you see him and MJ. And MJ's like, well, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And then she tells Peter, I love you. And I got to admit, I, I got emotional and started to tear up at that moment. Because, you know, she said, I love you. And you tell the love that she actually truly has for Peter Parker. And as Peter looks at her and he goes to tell her, I love you. She says, stop. She says, wait till you find me again to tell me this. Basically saying, you know, that I want you to tell me you love me. I don't want to forget that you told me you love me. That's she's saying. I don't want to forget that you told me you love me. I want you. I want to wait so I will remember it the first time you say it to me. And they finally kiss. You know, they've multiple. They've they've done this for a while, and they finally kiss. And it's just it's a heartbreaking, emotional moment as he looks, stands up, and as Strange is finishing the spell, you see the you know villains fade away into their own world. You see the Spider-Mans basically say bye to each other as they fade away. And he looks at, you know, Ned and MJ for the last time and they look at him and there's tears and they and he knows it's the last time they're ever going to remember who he is. That's it. And then he goes away. He flies off to help and the spell goes. Everyone goes back to their world. And we go to J. Jonah Jameson on the Daily Bugle TV show talking about if Spider-Man is such a hero, then why won't he unmask and show us who he is? Basically saying everybody's forgotten who Peter Parker is. Nobody knows. Everybody's back to normal. We see Peter walking down the road, reciting a piece of paper, a script, saying, you know, I, uh, hi, my name is Peter Parker. I'm, and he's going to where MJ works, basically to try to reunite. He walks in, he sees her. She waves, smiles. Ned's behind him. Ned walks in. They're still friends, of course. And um, they go over, and he walks up. He's, she says, hi, what can I do for you? He says, my name is Peter Parker. And and he just looks at him. And he heard them talking about getting an MIT. And, you know, that finally everything that they were taking, that was taken away from them because they were friends with Spider-Man. And Spider-Man was such a... A, a controversial figure that they were lost. He's like, I can't do this to him. And he's like, I, I'll take a cup of coffee. And she said, okay, Peter Parker. Like, weird. Like, why would you order it like that? And then they walk off, and he's looking at Ned. And as he goes to pay her, you know, he goes, I, and he looks like he wants to tell her. And she flips her hair up, and she's got a cut on her head that was there from the, the battle and everything that she got hit. And it's got a Band-Aid, and it reminds him, you know, like, Letting her into this world is dangerous. You know, she, if she knows who I am, that puts her at risk. And he asked her, he said, are you okay? She said, yeah, it's, it doesn't hurt anymore. He said, okay. And he basically said, I'll, I'll see you later. She goes, okay. He's like looking at him. You got that movement. She's like, this is weird. But, like, it's a familiar look, but also a that strange look. And he takes one last look at him and he leaves. And, you know, we see him get an apartment. We see him go to his aunt's gravesite aunt may uh happy shows up and he's looking at happy like does he know me and happy goes how do you know her and he said through spider-man and he said me too and we see that moment of happy not knowing and him realizing that he is truly alone he gets an apartment 
and as he gets that apartment, um, we see that he has actually, you know, made a suit, and we see the the suit, the uh, the real Spider-Man suit, the the one that everybody knows and loves, the red and blue, uh, the more traditional Spider-Man suit, and we see that as it as the movie ends. I mean, great! Like the the final, the third act of this film is just perfectly done. There is no flaws in the third act to me. Um, I don't know, like like I said, the movie is brilliantly paced anyway. From where you get the story of what happens afterwards to the story of him trying to reverse it to the story of the characters from the other films, you get what hap- You get their aspects and what's where they've been, and then the third act is just. Fan fucking tastic! It it is is a beautiful, beautiful piece of cinema. It's one of the best things that has happened in a a uh, comic book movie period. I put it up there with the end game battle, with the Avengers assemble and Cap getting uh, the the hammer. Like it's it's right up there with that, and it's just, it's gorgeous. We go through the credits, the post credit scene. We see Eddie Brock's in Mexico, and him and Venom are talking, and basically they're explaining. The bartender in Mexico is explaining what happened with you know the blip and everything, and he's like uh, a, a alien with that likes gems, and he's like aliens don't like gems; they like to eat brains, you know. And Venom's like, "We gotta go, we're drunk," and then you know the guy's like, "You gotta pay," and then Venom, we see him kind of transform or Eddie Brock transform, and we hear Venom say, "But we are, we just got here," and as we leave, we see a little speck of the black symbiote of Venom left on the bar. And it cuts. So, basically that means that Venom is now in the MCU. We see that Symbiote has been left behind in the MCU. Um, so, we're definitely going to get Black Suit Spider-Man. We're going to get Venom in the future films. Uh, who's Venom going to take over? I, I know that it takes over, it has taken over Flash Thompson in the comics and stuff. I really hope it's not the Flash Thompson in this because the character that plays Flash Thompson, I don't like the actor. I understand the whole point of Flash Thompson is supposed to be annoying and you're not supposed to like him. I just don't like the portrayal of Flash Thompson in this. There's something about it that just doesn't work for me in this entire th- this entire run of the, of uh, these Spider-Man movies. I just I, the, the way he's written is the only thing that I really have not liked about this the, this um, version of Spider-Man, but I digress. There, there was a confusing moment where if the the people coming back to the world were only people that knew who that Peter Parker was Spider-Man. That's it. Well, how did Eddie Brock end up here with Venom if he didn't know Peter Parker was Spider-Man originally? You know, how did that happen? There may be, this is just a theory of mine, but maybe, just maybe, the venom of that world, because we do hear, and I know this is, you know, way out there, but we do hear Venom say, you know, in the original one, Eddie Brock says that thing that happened in New York, when he's talking about being in San Francisco. Maybe that venom is the venom from the Raimi versions with a... Tobey Maguire, maybe that 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 symbiote is the venom that took over, you know, in that world and was there. Maybe that's why it got brought here because that venom knew somehow. It didn't say it, but maybe. I mean, that's just a theory because there was an Eddie Brock already 
taken over in that that was, you know, not uh, played by Tom Hardy. So I, that's a stretch. But that's the only thing I can think of because that's the one thing that made you go, wait a second, that, that doesn't make a whole, whole lot of sense. That didn't make a whole lot of sense. But, you know, it's just a way to get Venom into the MCU. So now... You know, the Venom movies, they, they Sony wanted them connected to the Spider-Man and the MCU. Basically, MCU was like, we don't want it. And I, I don't want that version of Venom in the MCU. I don't like that version of Venom in the MCU. Uh, it's standalone movies that can be fun or whatever, but that version is not going to work in the MCU for what Venom is. Venom, you know, needs to be a... It needs to be violent at first. It needs to be, you know, a, a straight-up killer. You know, a, a vicious, I'm going to get Spider-Man, and that's where we're going to head. The post-post-credit scene, the very last one, isn't really um, a scene. It's the trailer for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Our first look at it, our first uh, glimpse into it. Basically, it's Wong telling him, you know, what you did screwed up a lot of stuff, and it brings it forth, and him finding Wanda and saying, I need your help. Where this is leading, I don't know. I do think that it's leading to, it's going to lead to X-Men. It's going to lead to the Fantastic Four. Um... Are they coming through in the Multiverse of Madness? Yes, they're coming through. Are we going to see them? I don't know. But I know that it's a, um, if that's what it's leading to, and I'm super excited. The trailer looked really good. So um, I look forward to that. But yeah, Spider-Man No Way Home. I mean, it's it's the best Spider-Man film there is. I don't know how they're going to top it. I mean, it was just nostalgic it was new at the same time um it hit all the right aspects of what you want from a spider-man film it had the mcu brand of humor and action and the uh, the the way it's shot and just the effects it had the actors from the previous one who redeemed themselves. i know andrew garfield's spider-man wasn't the biggest hit people didn't like it he redeemed himself in this i think he does an amazing job i really always thought he was underrated as Spider-Man in general, Tobey Maguire coming back was a great nostalgia kick. Um, their interactions are awesome. Their interactions are amazing. You get the past interacting with the uh, characters from this this new uh, generation of Spider-Man, and everything just works. You get references to their to their people and their worlds, and it's just a beautiful film. It's perfectly done as a Spider-Man film. If you haven't seen it, I highly, highly recommend this film uh, to any Marvel fan, to any superhero fan, to any Spider-Man fan especially. Even if you don't like the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies, if you just like the Tobey Maguire ones, if you just like the Andrew Garfield ones, if you just like both of them, you'll love this. If you love just the Tom Holland don't like those two, you'll love this. This is this is everything you could get from a Spider-Man film. Everything you could want from a Spider-Man film. And I'm so excited to see where they go with this. Because this was the first big film that Marvel's done. Shang-Chi was one thing. Black Widow. And even The Eternals. I haven't seen The Eternals yet. Okay. Saw Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi was good. You know, it's good. But it wasn't this. This was something that, that I think the MCU has been lacking. And we finally got something different and new. And they brought all of the the of what we loved all of them together and they did it in a story that wasn't convoluted they did it in a story that wasn't overdone or stayed too long it was the perfect mix of it uh, the third act again if if nothing else in this film works the third act is just amazing and it's mind-blowing how good it is. From the dialogue to the action to the interactions between the characters, just the, the designs, everything. And the story is a beautiful story, and it ends on a note that will have you in tears. So you go from being 
wow to oh my god to damn to, to why like it just it hits all the notes of what you want a superhero in a comic book movie to be and it's the best film I've seen this year so far and it's one of the best Marvel films of all time hands down don't argue with me it's one of my favorites now I've just one viewing I'm, I'm honestly gonna tell you that it is just it's so beautifully done um so again, if you haven't seen it, go see it. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hearing me rant and rave about it, my love for this film and how good it's been. And uh, hopefully this holds me over until Doctor Strange and until we see uh, Deadpool enter the MCU, God willing. Um, but thank you all for your love and support. Thank you for liking. Thank you for staying with me through this. Um, I'm going. I know that I've been missing time. Again, I apologize. There's no excuse. It's just. It's work and the holidays. It's just rough. I'll explain it at a later time. Um, but thank you all for listening. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Nerdpool uh, Podcast. I'm on Twitter at Nerdpool Pod. I'm on Twitch at Nerdpool Gaming. Um, if you hear this, leave me a like. Subscribe to me anywhere you, you're listening at. If you haven't already, just hit that subscribe button. Um, leave me a comment, a review, a rating. It helps me out tremendously. Thank you all for your love and support and just being with me through this whole time. Go see Spider-Man No Way Home. Go see it. You won't be disappointed. I guarantee it. So until next time, that's Nerdpool. See ya.